Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The official Brighton & Hove Albion podcast with MyDieselClaim.com. The Amex has witnessed some emotional scenes down the years, but the story you're about to hear is about life, death, and above all, friendship. Rugby legend Kevin Simfield, who has raised millions in the fight against motor neurone disease in support of his great friend Rob Burrow, will be at the home of the Albion on December 6th to run a marathon through the city. Tony Bloom and Paul Barber are right behind Simfield's latest challenge, and I'm hearing rumors that my co-host, Glenn Murray, will put in an appearance. I'm Paul Haywood, and I spoke to Kevin about his visit to Brighton. Your fourth extreme challenge in the fight against MND is seven marathons in seven days in seven cities across the UK and Ireland. There's a leg in Dublin from 1 to 7 December. And we'll talk about the previous three challenges in a moment. But the great news for Brian and Hove Albion fans and the whole of the South, really, is that Leg number six will be running Brighton on Wednesday, the 6th of December, starting at 12 o'clock at the Amex Stadium. So tell us, Kev, why you chose Brighton for your first ever southern leg of an MND challenge. Yeah, really good question, Paul. Um, there are a number of reasons, actually, and, and I'll try and wrap it up so that people can understand. But firstly, um, I've been to Brighton twice this year. I've been, never been to Brighton before in my life. Uh, so I've been down twice with England Rugby Union and we've had two camps down there where we've trained at Brighton College and just really enjoyed my time there. People were very, very friendly. Uh, so that's the first reason. Second reason is obviously you, Paul, being <laughs> from, from down near that that um, neck of the woods um, and sort of speaking very passionately about Brighton and the area and... So that'd be the second reason. And then third reason would probably be James Milner. So James um, signed for Brighton and given his affiliation with the Derby Rimmer Foundation, but also the fact that I was, uh, I am um, a patron of James's foundation too. 
uh, there's a real link and a synergy. So when you're looking for a city in the south where you, you can go and run, um, there are already, already some foundations here. Um, so I think also to understand that Brighton over the last sort of 10 years has been a really good place for running marathons. Um, I know there wasn't a marathon in Brighton in 2023, but I am aware there's one back uh, there's one back on the ground in, in 2024. So um, you put those four things together and, and you probably understand now why we are really happy to be coming to Brighton. For people who don't know about your friendship with James Milner, just explain how you met in Leeds and so on and how that friendship developed. Yeah, so um, I suppose there's always been a relationship between the football and the rugby club. Um, probably more so between the players in the 80s, um, the early 90s, but there has still been a small amount of crossover between the clubs. Um, but I, you know, I didn't really know James. Uh, you know, I'm quite a bit older than James, so um, certainly following his career, then I know of some of the wonderful things he did as a footballer, you know, making his debut as a 16-year-old, and I think he was the youngest ever Premiership scorer up until a couple of years ago. So. Uh, had a wonderful career, um, really clean living, honest guy who has done wonderful things for the sport. And then James decided to set up a foundation maybe 10, 15 years ago. And that meant going back and helping children who were sporty to have the opportunities to play those sports and get looked after properly. And James targeted the the three cities that he played his football in were Birmingham, Manchester and Leeds. And at that point, I was asked if I'd be a patron of his charity and, and support his work. That meant um, I got invited to a number of very, very posh events. But it meant that me and James started to cross paths a little bit and speak a little bit. And I followed his career closely anyway. But it just meant it cemented a friendship. And I think then... You know, James has had wonderful success wherever he's been um, with his time and certainly in Manchester City and Liverpool. And, you know, he just knew he wanted to carry on playing. So to see him move to Brighton and then have the opportunity to be able to run down there just meant there's a real synergy again. And it's great to have his support um, for this next challenge. Now, I've got to say, I thought you were in good nick until I sat next to James Milner for a, for one of these Albion podcasts. Are you going to concede that he's even fitter than you? Or are you not having that? No, he is. He is. He's, uh, he's an absolute machine. I think when you listen to anybody who's ever played alongside him, they'll tell you that his standards and his fitness levels, people will say he's old in football years now, but he's still a, a youngish man to be able to have the fitness levels he's got and be able to stay at the front. I think I've got a lot of admiration for him and a lot of respect for him. And yeah, he's a lot fitter than I am. <laughs> So yeah, so this is leg number six you're going to be running in Brighton and you're starting at the Amex and, and finishing at Brighton College. There's an M&D connection there, isn't there, at the school? Yeah, there is, yeah. And, and I didn't find out until this year. And, and this is the amazing thing with being close to the M&D Association and being close to the community, the M&D community now. And what happens is daily someone will stop me and talk to me about a family member or a friend or who has either got MND um, or uh, sadly has, has passed. There are many of these conversations that take place 
in our first trip to Brighton College, I was made aware that um, a former teacher, actually, um, he, he was a guy who everybody liked and he was a favourite teacher of many um, who had sadly passed away and, and fought admirably and, and uh, courageously against MND. And so as soon as we first got to Brighton College, you know, people wanted to talk to, talk to me about MND and I knew straight away that when they've got a foundation and a footprint and when you've got people who understand and there's an awareness of, of uh, what MND does, it makes it so much easier than when you're trying to raise money and awareness for a disease when people actually understand what it is and, and what you're fighting for. So the support has been incredible from the college. And as I said, it's always been an honour to represent the MND community, but, you know, when there's people who have been so popular in the area, that tends to garner even more support as well because people understand exactly what we're doing. Yeah, we've come this far without mentioning Rob Burrow, your great lead rhino's friend and teammate who was diagnosed with MND in December 2019. Uh, this all started, these four challenges started with you wanting to help help him and his family, and it's blossomed into a campaign to find a cure for MND and to provide better care for those who have it, hasn't it? But Rob's still at the heart of it, isn't he? Hence the, the number seven in everything you do. Yeah, absolutely. Rob is the inspiration. Um, I think the family, how courageous and brave they've been. To open your front doors up to the nation and and to the world, actually, and to show people what it's like to live with MND in its most cruelest moments. Unashamedly, he has shown people what it's like. And the family have been... Uh, so loving they've shown us the best of what a British family looks like if you like they you know they look after each other they care for each other he's got three young kids who are amazing he's got a wife who's like Wonder Woman he's got an amazing set of parents and uh, they're just a real tight-knit family group so Rob's at the heart of of this um, he re will remain right at the heart of it and you're right Paul because we never thought it had, they use the word blossom and I think it's a great word to describe it but we never thought it would blossom into something like this you know the first one was born out of trying to raise a bit of money for Rob because I made a promise and since then what's become apparent to me and certainly when I reflect on the last three like the awareness is crucial the money is the thing that makes the difference because Without the money, we cannot ask the scientists and the great medical people across the UK to work together to try and find a cure. We need the money. But the thing I've reflected on the most is how we make people feel, and that's probably the thing I'm most proud of because it's the intangible. You can't, we don't know, there's no measure on it. But actually, from the support we've had over the three challenges, from um the impact and the emotion that we felt from families, from the emails and messages I get from the face-to-face -face contact I have with people and families, how we've made people feel. And also within that self, we say, how we've made ourselves feel the team through the fulfillment we get from trying to help is such a, such a, a special thing that we've been able to do. And, you know, hope this, this fourth one can be equally as successful and and it's interesting because you start to measure what is a success with this 
you know, is, is it the awareness that's generated? Is it the eyeballs we get on it? Is it the the money that we get? Or is it how we make people feel? And that's the really difficult one to measure. We can get an idea of what the other two are, but I'd say how we make people feel is 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 probably more important actually at, at this point because you know we've certainly raised awareness. And I say we, that has been an incredible effort from the great Doddy Weir who started it and Rob's work and Marcus Stewart and Stephen Darby and Ed Slater now. So there's many who were part of that um, community who've, who've worked tirelessly to try and shift the dial on this. And hopefully for them guys, and I know sadly we lost the great Doddy uh, just over 12 months ago, but hopefully how we make those guys feel it continues to hopefully it continues to encourage them and motivate them to fight and stick around and enjoy life the best they can. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The official Brighton and Tove Albion podcast. Check if you are eligible for significant compensation for free at MyDieselClaim.com. Yeah, the previous three challenges were seven marathons in seven days. You ran 101 miles from Leicester to Leeds, pretty much in one go, in blocks, admittedly, but still in one go. And then seven ultra marathons, starting at Murrayfield with the late Doddy Weir there and ending on the pitch at halftime in the Rugby League World Cup final. When you look back on those three now, Kev, which was the hardest? Um, they were all difficult for different reasons. But if I had to pinpoint one, it'd probably be uh, the 101 miler, uh, which, as you know, Paul ended up being 104 because we got lost a couple of times on route. Um, <laughs> just to add to it, um, but it'd probably be that one, and only because of the sleep deprivation. Staying awake for a day is tough anyway at the best of times, but when you're trying to run, and because of the nature of how we broke it down, which we're in 7K segments to run a 7K segment every hour and have the rest of that hour to recover. With no sleep was was the most difficult. The the other two we have done, clearly we're still running a long way and clearly it's still it's probably a little bit quicker actually how, how fast we run. But you have some recovery time and you have some time where you can sleep and you can... Uh, sleep's so important when you're exercising and, and you're trying to recover and with the 101 miler, we just didn't have any recovery time. It was... It was just full on, and I've learned so much over the over the three we've done. Um, learned so much about myself, my body, and what I need, and hopefully the training I need to get myself ready to be able to do it. Uh, but yeah, I'll probably, I'll probably say the hundred and one miler. A lot of people uh, say to me, uh, as your kind of ghostwriter, you know, how the hell does he do it? And because a lot of people in their lives are taking on extreme challenges, often for charitable causes. Uh, and, and when they're facing those challenges, they often they're often daunted by how tough it's going to be and how much it's it's going to hurt. You know, it, it's 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 uncharted territory for people, isn't it? So, for anyone listening in, 
you know, in this area, in any area for that matter, what advice would you give to people who know they're going to run up against the pain barrier for a good cause? Yeah, I'd say absolutely. Firstly, it's worth it. Um, it's worth. It's been worth every ounce of pain that the team have have gone through. I would say if anybody's thinking of getting involved with um, the M and D Association or fundraising for any charity in in that matter, especially if you're representing family and friends, I'd say go and do it, no matter how big or small. And and some of this has come down to actually how can you help a friend and. That's all I tried to do at the start with Rob, just tried to help him out. And it meant going on, running became a great vehicle for us to do that because it gives a platform to to get the BBC Breakfast team supporting us and gives a platform where people were prepared to come out of the houses and, and speak and interact with us and support us. So that's been incredible. Going into the darkness and facing some of those tough moments that's one of the great things we have as human beings because we have a choice in all this. Having played professional rugby for 19 years and then sadly you retire and you get on with the rest of your life, I probably needed and lacked some of that fulfilment that the playing side gave me and being able to throw myself at supporting this beautiful community and supporting Rob has, has enabled me to have that challenge back in my life. Uh, but it's also enabled me to go into those dark places, which I think they test us and they're supposed to test us and it's supposed to hurt. And if it was easy, everybody would do it. So if somebody's out there and, and they're concerned about it hurting or concerned about it being dark and tough, well, most challenges are because if they're not, then it's not challenging enough. Real thing. I know Rob thinks you've done enough already. Uh, what was his reaction when you told him you were doing this Rocky Four? Yeah, he thinks I'm crackers, um, but he, he gets it, Paul. He, he he understands the team are in it now. The, it's, we're passionate about it. You know, there'll come a point in my life when I can't run anymore. I, you know, I'm accepting of that, and I also understand that you won't run away from from being at that point. You know, with a bad injury or something. So, but it's it's a very small price for us to pay. And at the end of the day, I'll continue to try and raise funds and awareness and try and influence how people feel, whether that is through running or some or, some other activity or some other way I can try and help. Because being able to provide hope and helping this beautiful community is, is I feel like it, it showed me why I've been put on this earth and I'll try and continue that for as long as I can. Mm. MND is a disease that's touched football too. I, I think of Stephen Darby you mentioned and Marcus Stewart are among those diagnosed with it in recent years. And I know you've had a, a lot of contact with both. You ran to Bradford City in the Ultras for and because of Stephen Darby. Uh, presumably the football industry getting behind your campaign would give it quite a boost, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would, yeah. The great thing about team sports is how the players stay together and how the supporters are so tribal and supportive through thick and thin, although they might not like it at times when the team's getting beaten, but they stick together and, and they look after their own. Um, and, yeah, the, the football community showing the support like they have done has been incredible. And, you know, I hope that continues because I think people 
generally understand what we're trying to do. Myself and Rob were part of a team and just because the game finishes and you cross that white line doesn't mean you stop trying to look out, look after each other and look out for each other like you did in the dressing room. So hopefully that resonates with football fans across Brighton and, and across the UK. And um, like I said, I think team sports um, are very, very good in, in the values and standards that players pick up. And I think there's some great disciplines from team sport and, um, you know, I, I, hopefully the football fans get behind us too. With these seven marathons, you go Leeds to York, then Cardiff, Birmingham, Edinburgh, Dublin, Brighton and London on the 7th. Well, I know you like a target. What's the target? What's the aim this time? Well, well, the aim, I, a bit like I said before, depends where we're measuring success, but the target is uh, 777,777. <laughs> um, all the sevens again, based around Rob and uh, his his squad number. So that's the target. Clearly, you know the awareness is is really really important because um, yeah, we can put a value on some of that, but you can't put a value on somebody suddenly who's got MND wanting to leave the house when they haven't left the house for two years, which which we saw during the challenge last year. We met a guy on uh, breathing apparatus who came out on his wheelchair with his family and decided for the first time in two years he wanted to come out and support us. And so we can't put a value on that because actually, you know, it hits you pretty hard and you understand, you know, you never lose focus or never lose the idea of why you're doing it and what you're doing it for. But those moments make it so worthwhile. And and then obviously how we make people feel, I, I don't know how we measure that, but what I do know is when people come out and support and they have tears in their eyes or... And a mixture of tears in their eyes and smiles on their faces. And there's a togetherness within the communities that we live. I think it shows the best of, of what we have in the UK and, and Ireland and, and shows how if we want to get behind something, it, it can be so powerful. We're a wonderful race. But, you know, we're the only one of the only species that can show emotion and, and actually have the brain power to be able to decide and have choices about how we go about and where we spend our time. I haven't spoken to anyone in the city yet who didn't see the image of you carrying Rob over the line after pushing him around the course in the inaugural Leeds, Rob Burrow Leeds Marathon this year. Those pictures went around the world, didn't they? And it was a kind of global image of friendship and devotion. And we've talked about this before, but I, can you just remind people how that came to happen, how you came to carry Rob over the line in Leeds? Yeah, so um, for those who don't know, the Rob Burrow Leeds Marathon has probably been in my head for about three years. And we faced a number of different obstacles trying to get off the ground. You know, at one stage we were told we'd be lucky to get 2,500, 3,000 people participate. Delighted to say we had over 12,000 join us that day. And Rob was really keen to be a part of the first one. It's in his name. Never ran a marathon before. And... We agreed to do it together. Obviously, we had a we had a chair designed, which was brilliant, which we used. We'd, we'd had a trial run the year before in, a, in the Leeds 10K. Uh, then we rocked up to do the marathon in it. So no no real prep. We we winged it a little bit and we just got on with it as as rugby lads do. And we said, right, let's let's throw ourselves at this. But it was incredibly hot that day, and it was a tough route, very hilly route, which meant Rob was uncomfortable. It meant we had to get him out the chair a number of times. 
do you know that we had some difficulties and challenges um, along the route, more so than we anticipated. But you know, we had agreed and discussed. We crossed the line together and became apparent to me, sort of halfway round, that that would probably not be possible due to Rob's uh, where Rob was and how quickly we needed to get him back. But you know, we, we were still really keen to cross the line together. Um, and it was a lovely moment. That marathon was based on friendship. Um, it was born out of friendship. The work we've done together over the last sort of four years has been has been based on our friendship. Our friendship has been at the heart of it. And um, to be able to cross together was something special and something we both will remember for the rest of our lives. It's it's something we've spoke about a number of times since and shared messages on. And we're both very proud of... Um, of being able to finish together like that. Well, Kev, I know everywhere you go on these challenges, whole neighbourhoods and communities come out onto the streets to cheer you on. I really hope Brighton and Hove, Sussex, the South, everywhere in England, um, you know, does what people did in the North and Scotland and give you the same, uh, give you the, give you the same reception. So uh, the best of luck with it. And uh, I hope it goes as well as all the others did. Brilliant. Thank you very much, everybody, for... Uh... For listening in and for your support we are really looking forward to coming to brighton so hopefully we'll see the best of it the official brighton and hove albion podcast check if you are eligible for significant compensation for free at mydieselclaim.com thanks for listening to this bonus episode of the official brighton and hove albion podcast glenn murray will be back with me next week to speak to jeff stelling And if you'd like to donate to the Kevin Simfield 7 in 7 in 7 campaign via Give As You Live Donate, the link is in the show notes. We're currently working on our end of year Christmas package and we'd like to hear from you about your favourite moments of the year. Please tell us at podcast at brightonandhovealbion.com. This podcast is a VoiceWork Sport production for Brighton and Hove Albion. Sports Social Podcast Network.